Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's more than just food distribution for those in need. This week's resource fair at the Hancock County Fairgrounds aims to address the many factors that lead to chronic food insecurity. We'll get more details. Also this morning in January, the VA is launching a new life insurance program for veterans, expanding access to a benefit many service members didn't know they had. And in our community and business spotlight this morning, it's campaign kickoff week for the United Way of Hancock County. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. If you need a reason to celebrate, today is Eat a Hoagie Day. It is also National Coloring Day, National Cream-Filled Donut Day. Now, there's one that we can all get behind. It is Gobstopper Day, National Live Creative Day. That's weird. Live Creative Day. And Support Latino Businesses Day today, too. So reasons to celebrate uh, on this uh, Wednesday morning. So the uh, death of uh, Queen Elizabeth II at the age of 96 and all of the pomp and ceremony uh, leading up to her state funeral, which we held this coming Monday, has received tons of media coverage in the news. Ever since the Queen's passing a week ago, Uh, That's all it seems anybody has been talking about in the media, and uh, not just in uh, Great Britain, U.S. news has exhaustively covered uh, all of the ceremony surrounding the death of the queen and the elevation of her son to uh, the, the role of King Charles III, and it all raises the question of why Americans are so interested in the life of the British royal family? Or are we really that interested in the first place? I've seen a lot of uh, people comment on social media that uh, this is one of those things that, you know, why is, why is there so much news coverage? We don't really care. We're in America. It's not our royal family. What I, I'm wondering if this is one of those stories that kind of feeds on itself In the media. And by that, I mean there are some stories, and I've had it happen uh, even on this program on a smaller scale, but there are these stories sometimes that you go in with the idea that you're going to only give it a certain amount of attention, uh, give it the coverage that it deserves, but you're not going to overdo the story. But then you discover that there are so many different angles or aspects to the story uh, that you want to cover. And the next thing you know, it's all you're talking about. It's not the way you intended it. It's just kind of the way it happens and it sort of feeds on itself. And I wonder if that's kind of what's happening because there are so many different components to this story. Uh, and, And while every single one of those stories is interesting individually the sheer volume ends up disproportionate to the interest of the audience in totality. And it's a tough thing sometimes for the news media, especially when you've got a story like this with so many different aspects. For example, uh, I learned this yesterday, a very interesting factoid about uh, the Queen yesterday. Her reign, Queen Elizabeth II, uh, 
her reign spanned 28% of the entirety of U.S. history. Think about that. Queen Elizabeth presided over 28% of the entirety of U.S. history. You know, ours has been a country for, what, 248 years, something like that. And uh, she was queen for 70 of those years. That's 28%. That is really amazing. That's wild. Wild math. Anyway, by the way, uh, kind of interesting. I saw this. uh, Scammers have started taking advantage of mourners uh, by using the queen's passing in fishing expeditions. And here again, here's another uh, interesting story, but it circles back to coverage of the death of the queen. Um, And there are uh, scam artists out there offering uh, phony ticket sales to the funeral. Uh, Others claim the queen left large sums of money uh, to, uh, to people and uh, to uh, claim your inheritance (laughs) from the, from the queen. You have to provide your banking information and so on and so forth. So those are out there, you know, it's, They've moved on from the Nigerian prince, apparently, and they've, <laughs> they've gone to Queen Elizabeth. Um, cyber expert Javad Malik says criminals are swift to capitalize on public events, be it a natural disaster, a sporting event, or the death of a prominent person. And with the passing of the queen, people should be vigilant of scammers trying to exploit the situation. So I would, I would certainly hope that if you get a uh, an email <laughs> purporting to be from the royal family from Buckingham Palace that you have an inheritance from the queen that you recognize that that's probably a scam. That's probably not the case. Uh, Let's see here. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. Researchers at the Salk Institute for Biological Studies say that they have discovered how uh, how uh, memories in your brain are stored as either good or bad memories. This is amazing science here. There is apparently a molecule called neurotensin that seems to be the deciding factor uh, that uh, labels every memory you have as either a good memory or a bad memory. And the default, they say, and this is interesting, is to mark memories as negative memories. Uh, They think that it has to do with our survival mechanism in evolution and so on. Uh, And the reason why this is significant, they say, is because if you were to develop medication around neurotensin receptors, you might be able to introduce a new therapy for things like depression, anxiety, and even PTSD. So... It's just fascinating science um, with respect to uh, the brain and how we store memories. By the way, speaking of the uh, brain, here's another uh, interesting story that I saw in the uh, newswire this morning. Uh, If you are a mom, you have probably heard of the term baby brain before. It refers to memory problems, uh, poor concentration, absent-mindedness that many women have uh, during and immediately after pregnancy. Well, a new study suggests that men also experience cognitive changes after the birth of particularly their first child. 
So dads can suffer from baby brain. The uh, Health Institute in Madrid uh, discovered the first time dads <laughs> lost 1% to 2% of cortical volume when they welcomed their first child. <laughs> in other words, dads become 1% to 2% dumber. <laughs> when... <laughs> When their first kid is born, study performed an MRI on 40 men who were first-time fathers, and uh, the men consistently showed changes in cortical gray matter. Uh, researchers say studying fathers offers a unique opportunity to explore how parenting, how the parenting experience can shape the human brain, even when pregnancy is not directly experienced. So... There you go. Baby brain doesn't just apply to moms, as it turns out. Kind of interesting. Hmm. One of those things that make you go, hmm. And a couple of other items here among the uh, first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. You've heard the old uh, saying that uh, glasses make you look smarter, right? I wear glasses, makes me look smarter. Well, a study from the University of Jordan finds that that old stereotype might not actually be the case. Uh, they surveyed 500 college-age individuals who were shown photos of individuals with and without glasses, and those without glasses ranked higher in terms of perceived attractiveness, confidence, and intelligence. Those without glasses... Uh, researchers hope to use the information to help those who need vision correction, but not, might not want to wear glasses because of the stereotypes and self-image issues. 64% of adults worldwide wear glasses, according to the Vision Council. So, uh, interesting stuff there. Heard that old saying, glasses make you look smarter. And then the old saying, boys don't make passes at girls that wear glasses. Apparently there is something to that. And lastly here, among the first things you need to know this morning, uh, if you are an early riser, so if you're up at this hour listening to this program, it is, you are more likely to be content and mentally sharper, especially in older age. Night owls, take note of this, scientists at the University of Pittsburgh found that seniors who get up early, who wake up early and stay busy all day, are both happier and perform better on cognitive tests in comparison to those with more irregular daily activity patterns. The importance of staying busy, especially as one grows older, is well documented, and this new research suggests that not only that, uh, patterns of activity, not just activity intensity, are vital to both healthy aging and mental health. So, rising early is good for your cognitive abilities as you age. So, there you go. Thank you for being with us this morning and rising early, and you are the, you are the smart ones. <laughs> You're in this audience. There you go, at least uh, for those who are listening live. You're listening on the podcast, forget about it. It doesn't really apply to you. There you go, some of the most interesting and uh, buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. 
Your WTOL 11 weather, becoming mostly sunny today with a high of 80. It'll be mostly clear tonight, a low of 56. The Hancock County Walk to End Alzheimer's will be held on Saturday. Activities begin at 9 a.m. at 50 North in Finley, and the walk will get underway at 10. This year, the Walk to End Alzheimer's will have a lot of new activities. We'll have a dementia experience area. Get your purple on. Uh, we'll have opportunities to have drawings to win baskets. Uh, a lot of new events this year. Walk manager Wenda Kwanrud says the Hancock County Walk is one of more than 600 national walks that annually raise money for Alzheimer's and other dementia research. Get more details on the walk on the website. Police in Fostoria are investigating the discovery of Molotov cocktails. The gasoline-filled bombs were recently found in the yard of a Fostoria home. Police say the bottles will be tested for DNA in the hope of finding out who put them there. The state fire marshal's office has also been notified. A new USA Today Network Suffolk University poll shows that Ohioans want to know more about the candidates running for governor and U.S. Senate. The poll shows that 84% of likely Ohio voters say they want the candidates for governor and U.S. Senate to debate. Just 10% said the candidates should not debate. Governor Mike DeWine has resisted scheduling debates with Democratic challenger Nan Whaley, who has called for them. The Senate candidates, J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, have agreed to debate, but have not yet scheduled a date. ONN's Tracy Townsend reporting. Election Day is on November 8th. Ohio State plays University of Toledo Saturday in the Horseshoe. Last time they met, 11 years ago, the Rockets put up a fight in a 27-22 Buckeyes win. Ryan Day, quick to point out that while they may be big favorites on Saturday, they are treating this just like any other game. Very good team. Um, you know, they certainly gave Notre Dame all they could handle last year. And so we got to do a great job making sure that uh, we're preparing just like any other week. And it's the same message. Um, the message is that it's about us and we have to make sure that we're building every week and getting stronger every week. But it's a good team in Toledo. The Buckeyes and Rockets game is set to kick off at 7 o'clock Saturday night. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. 1530 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So now to our cover story this morning. Another food distribution event is happening this week. In fact, tomorrow at the Hancock County Fairgrounds. But it is more than just food distribution for those in need. It is a resource fair that is... That, that aims to address the many factors that lead to chronic food insecurity. And we are joined by Tommy Harner from the uh, West Ohio Food Bank, one of the uh, entities uh, coordinating and uh, presenting this. Tommy, first of all, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. So, uh, first of all, I want to uh, mention this because uh, I was having this conversation about this uh, event, which is coming up tomorrow, uh, with a friend of mine online. And uh, there was a, a third party who kind of uh, chimed in in the conversation saying, well, this is this is kind of demeaning, isn't it? Because uh, just because somebody is going hungry, that doesn't mean that they are lazy or that they are unemployed uh, or that they're not smart with their money. And certainly that's true, um, but those are often uh, some of the factors that lead to chronic food insecurity. Absolutely. There are many factors that contribute to food insecurity, and we're not trying to be demeaning whatsoever. We're just trying to make available all the services that are within Hancock County yeah. to the individuals who may need food assistance. So uh, talk a little bit about some of those resources that we're talking about. Obviously, again, as we mentioned, the food distribution part, people are familiar with how that works. But then uh, this is, like we said, so much more than that. 
Oh, absolutely. So we have some of the Hancock County food pantries, uh, Christian Clearinghouse, the Child Care Resource and Referral Center with YWCA, the Hancock County Farmers Market, Ohio Can, which does kinship and adoption, um, Blanchard Valley Center, uh, the Hancock County Board of Developmental Disabilities. There's just an array of services that will be there tomorrow. And uh, again, uh, there are resources that can help folks if they uh, are uh, in between jobs. They are looking for work, and that is one of the things that has uh, led to their situation. Or you know, maybe they need uh, better financial skills, that kind of thing. I mean, these are the you're not necessarily required uh, to um, go through all of the uh, other parts of the resource fair, but they those resources are there. Correct. Yeah, it's not required that you go through those. Um, we are providing an incentive that if individuals visit the booth, they can get their card that will be provided to them punch so they can get entered into a drawing for a potential uh, Meyer gift card. But it's not oh, a requirement. Cool. We just want to, yeah, we just want to make available all these services because for so many, they may not know that all of these things exist right there in their own county. Right. That's a, a good part of it uh, because there are so many uh, services that uh, sometimes you know, they get uh, lost in the shuffle or, uh, and, and this is something we've talked about uh, in the past, uh, that, that currently there are a lot of folks who find themselves in a situation that they have never been in before and may not know where to turn. That's absolutely correct. Uh, many with the cost of fuel and high utilities and inflation being out of the roof, you know, a lot of individuals are finding that they've never had to be in this circumstance that they're on the other end where they used to be supporters of these agencies. Now mm -hmm. they're needing to get assistance from them. So it's just a great way to all of us come together, show that we are working together for the betterment of the community. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that uh, aspect as, as a bit of a sidebar. And again, for the West Ohio Food Bank, we uh, talked during the uh, pandemic that uh, all of a sudden there was this huge influx of demand uh, that the food bank had to be very nimble in order to try and meet. Has that abated somewhat or has, you know, have the struggles of the economy sort of uh, continued to uh, uh, stress that demand uh, even after the pandemic has uh, waned somewhat? So last year when the pandemic was kind of slowing up, we thought, okay, we're seeing a little bit of a reprieve mm -hmm. and not as many individuals coming through. But over the past three to four months, we are seeing such an influx of clientele coming through needing assistance. And many of those are new families that have never used the food banking network. And many of them are just needing, you know, assistance to get by. We're seeing a lot of grandparents raising grandchildren. Um, we're seeing a lot of single parents. And then we're also seeing a lot of working families who just are not able to make ends meet because their wages are not able to keep up with their increased utility costs, rent and things like that. Yeah. So as part of the food, as part of the food coalition, um, we're all teaming together to provide this event and hoping that, you know, the food distribution is just one aspect um, because we do need to continue to meet that need. But, 
you know, other services are just as valuable. And, um, you know, we're hoping that it's successful and it's something that we can continue to do yeah. each year. Uh, it's interesting you bring up the multi-generational uh, households. And we had the story on the program just a few days ago where we were talking about the fact that uh, – for those multi-generational households, and I think it's the statistic is one in 10 uh, grandparents live in a house with their grandchildren today. So that's one in 10. And those individuals are 30% more likely on average to be food insecure. So uh, again, and, and a lot of there are a lot more intergenerational households now for many of the same reasons you mentioned, people uh, moving back in with their uh, older parents or they're moving their families back into their childhood home because they can no longer afford to be out on their own. I mean, so this is such a, a snowball, such circular uh, issues uh, that it all just kind of compounds on itself. Absolutely. You know, I pulled some numbers for last month and just to give a report to the Ohio Association of Food Banks and what was really disturbing and alarming to me is during the month of July, we had over 100 individuals who were 85 years and over hmm. needing to get food assistance. Wow. So, you know, when they're supposed to be in those golden years and really enjoying right. life and, and being able to relax and just, you know, spend time with family, here they're struggling to make those ends meet because of high cost of medications and everything else and now they're needing to turn to food assistance so it's really sad yeah uh so again the resource there is a food distribution plus so much more where folks can learn about uh assistance that's available to address many of these issues uh whichever or how many uh they may need to avail themselves of give us the details on this it is happening tomorrow correct it is tomorrow. It's at the Hancock County Fairgrounds in the Buckeye Building. Um, it will be from 11 to 3. However, 11.30 to 1, there will be a lunch provided by City Missions. And uh, the food distribution will start from 1 to 3 o'clock. So the booths will be open by 11 if anyone wants to come out. If you don't want to participate in the food distribution, you can surely still visit those booths. Oh, yeah. Um, but everybody's welcome. Yeah, that's a good point. We were talking about you don't have to go through all of the resource fare to avail yourself of the uh, food distribution, but the uh, reverse is also true. So we've got a, a link up on our webpage for more information about that event. It is happening tomorrow at the Hancock County Fairgrounds. And again, Tommy Harner from the West Ohio Food Bank with us this morning. Tommy, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. So on January 1st of this coming year, 2023, the Department of Veterans Affairs is launching a new Veterans Affairs Life Insurance Program. VA Life expands access to life insurance coverage for more veterans with service-connected disabilities than ever before. It offers guaranteed acceptance whole life insurance to all veterans age 80 and under with service-connected disabilities. And we are joined by Dan Keenahan, the top executive the VA in charge of life insurance. And uh, Dan, I understand this is a part of a modernization of the VA's life insurance benefits and services and overall kind of modernization. Talk a little bit about that process. Thanks, Chris. It's really great to be here. And the VA insurance service is doing a lot, as you said, to modernize. We want to automate, innovate, and educate in order to be able to increase veteran access and outcomes. 
We're automating by working with the Department of Treasury in order to introduce online bill pay through pay.gov. We've also created access uh, to online loan approvals and uh, beneficiary updates. We're innovating by providing uh, superior customer experiences and introducing DocuSign for beneficiaries to have a more secure and fast way to access benefits. And then we're educating uh, veterans who may not be aware that we actually provide life insurance. And then for those who do, which is the right life insurance product to protect those who matter most? And just a bit of a uh, just a bit of background here uh, on this. As important as this VA life insurance benefit is, many veterans are not aware that it exists, and that is true for many reasons. Not the least of which is that it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle, and it's probably not something that many new veterans, uh, those who are separating from the military, are concerned with in that moment. Many of them are are still you know very young adults, and like many. Uh, adults of that age are not thinking about life insurance. Chris, you're absolutely right. And the VA has actually been you know, handling life insurance for over 100 years. Uh, we started during World War I with the War Risk Insurance Program. And today we cover all of our current service members who are in uniform, whether they're active, guard, or reserve. And it's one of the first benefits from the VA that everyone is eligible for when they sign up. We're also able to cover their family members while they're in uniform through family service members, group life insurance, and can provide up to $100,000 of coverage for spouses or up to $10,000 for each dependent child. And then during that transition period, when they leave active guard or reserve service, there is a, a approximately two-year eligibility window to sign up for veterans group life insurance at an amount up to $400,000 that matches what they had while they were in uniform. And uh, you touched on this. uh, One of the other uh, challenges that you've had to this point is by the time many veterans do think about life insurance and find out that there is an available benefit, the deadline to apply is passed. And that is another thing I understand that you're uh, addressing with this new program. You're absolutely right. And VA life is, uh, you know, something that was put into statute in response to what our veterans and veteran service organizations were looking for. And what it does is it opens up insurance as a new program uh, without time limits to sign up as long as the veteran applies before they turn age 81, meaning all veterans age 80 and under with any level of service-connected disability rating from the VA are eligible to sign up. The sooner they sign up, the better premium rate they will get because rates will be based on the age they are when they sign up. Now, uh, how does the VA insurance service compare with private uh, insurance services? Because certainly there are a lot of options for life insurance out there. There are, and I'm really you know, pleased to be able to share that we meet or exceed uh, private sector standards. As the nation's 15th largest life insurer, we provide over $1.2 trillion of coverage to 5.6 million customers. We pay completed claims in four days or less on average. Uh, we rank very highly on customer experience scores. And importantly, uh, we are very cost-competitive competitive, meaning we meet or are better than comparative products that you can find in the private sector. 
And I understand, again, uh, when we're talking about uh, veterans with uh, any level of uh, service-related disability, uh, sometimes uh, veterans will find out that that may make them ineligible or, uh, at the very least, have to jump through an awful lot of hoops to get private uh, sector insurance services. And again, this is one of the ways I understand that this uh, program uh, expands the life insurance benefits to more veterans and makes it easier for veterans to uh, avail themselves of this particular uh, financial benefit. Right, because we try to ensure uh, first for, you know, the difficult nature of uniform service and the hazards that exist there. Mm -hmm. And then we also serve veterans um, because, you know, being in uniform is hard and there's lots of different risks um, that our service members may incur. And the VA looks to, you know, support, you know, and, and follow through on our commitment to those who serve. And this program is responsive to veterans and veteran service organizations because at different points, veterans may not have thought uh, that they had a need. And then when the need comes up, that window of eligibility expires or, you know, they may have some other kind of medical complication that was service incurred, and then they're not eligible because of, you know, private sector medical underwriting standards. Right. I'm really pleased that the new program doesn't have any medical underwriting. Um, to So, we, you know, we're happy to serve all our veterans. And uh, and just as, again, some, some background, what people may not realize, what uh, average folks may not realize, is that uh, very there are uh, many, if not most, uh, veterans uh, do have uh, some level of disability, uh, even if it's not uh, outwardly uh, visible. It may be a hearing uh, loss or, or something like that. Uh, you know, so there are uh, this uh, encompasses an awful lot of veterans. Um you also mentioned, and I uh, want to point this out, is spouses and family members, uh, are they eligible to be covered on these uh, VA life insurance policies as well? So the new program is veteran-specific. Okay. Uh, our existing family service members group life insurance program exists for those who are still in uniform and they're, they're the spouse or the dependent child. And when a service member is in transition, uh, their spouse is able to convert their their policy uh, to a private sector policy without any kind of medical underwriting or medical reviews. I see uh, through some partnerships okay. that we have with the private sector. So, where do folks learn more about this uh, new veteran of uh, Veterans Affairs Life Insurance Program (VA Life)? Again, as we mentioned, uh, it uh, launches on the first of January, twenty twenty three. Where do we learn more? So online, you can go to va.gov slash life-insurance, and you can sign up for our newsletter or find a life life insurance uh, needs assessment calculator, or you can give our call center uh, a phone call at 1-800-NOW-VIPS, because all our veterans are VIPs. That's one 800 669-8477. Again, Dan Keenahan is a top executive at the VA in charge of life insurance. Dan, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Chris, thanks so much for supporting our veterans and those who serve. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. 
<laughs> Sometimes you just have to be uh, inventive. You have to think on your feet. Case in point, Dr. Christopher Yang, he's a urologist, ran into a bit of trouble in Austin, Texas, when the power went out uh, at his clinic. Uh, his patient, who was scheduled for a vasectomy, did not want to reschedule his appointment. And so the patient, uh, the doctor came up with a unique idea. Patient agreed. <laughs> Dr. Yang ran an extension cord from his electric pickup truck into the clinic and continued the planned procedure. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, that's a, an inventive solution. Dr. Yang said, I performed what is likely the world's first electric vehicle-powered vasectomy. <laughs> Posting about it on social media, he said the procedure went great, lasted about 20 minutes, and he still had enough juice in his uh, truck to fire it up and drive home at the end of the day. <laughs> You've seen those commercials where you can, you know, power your home with your, uh, with his uh, pickup trucks, right? You plug it in and it powers. So it only makes sense that you could power. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see here. What else is going on? <laughs> the uh, broken news this morning uh the uh proprietors of a old folks home in taiwan have some splaining to do apparently during their mid-autumn festival that they have for the residents the old folks home the retirement village they uh hired as entertainment a stripper to entertain the seniors <laughs> The uh, performance, which was recorded and posted on social media, shows the uh, exotic dancer giving a man in a wheelchair a lap dance, while other residents can be heard clapping along. <laughs> Although the dancer is scantily clad, she was not fully nude. Uh, after receiving some backlash from those who saw the video online, the facility released an apology and uh, conceded that the performance may have been <clears throat> too enthusiastic and uh, promised to be more cautious in planning future events. <laughs> Alrighty then. Hey, give him some excitement there. That's. It didn't seem like any of the residents complained. It was other people <laughs> complained. The residents seem to have been, have been just fine with it. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> where is this from? I don't know. Uh, I don't know where exactly this is from. Uh, 52-year-old Wayne Tallman will spend 90 days in jail for swinging an excavator bucket at police who are trying to arrest his 24-year-old son. <laughs> I can understand, you know, if cops show up and they want to arrest uh, your son, a, a close family member, you're probably not going to take that well. But swinging an excavator bucket at the police is probably taking a bit too far. Happened back in June when police uh, went to the man's property looking to arrest his son on an assault charge. Ironically, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. 
Uh, Mr. Tallman then wildly swung the excavator to try and interfere with the arrest. Yesterday, he pleaded guilty to three felonies of his own. The officers were not injured, but both they say that they have suffered trauma because of the incident. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Uh, this from Ronert Park, California. A man is behind bars after leading police on a six-mile low-speed chase. Cops first confronted the man early on Saturday morning after he allegedly pulled out a machete when security staff confronted him for sleeping in the parking lot of a local business. Uh, so the uh, security guards tried to roust him. He pulled out a machete. They called the cops. Police say he tried to ram their vehicle with his SUV before leading police officers on a slow-speed chase into Santa Rosa. The driver was arrested after a 20-minute standoff. Moral of the story, don't interrupt a nap. That's, I understand, I fully understand. Somebody arrest, somebody uh, interrupts my nap, I'm going to be a little cranky too. That's, he's just taking a nap. <laughs> Uh, Delmont, Pennsylvania, the dateline on this story. Workers at a local Dairy Queen had quite the wake up when a man in a rainbow wig entered their store with a loaded handgun. Apparently, the uh, man put on a bright yellow safety vest and a rainbow wig and uh, entered the uh, entered the store carrying a gun in his hand, uh, which turned out to be loaded. But he apparently just wanted to grab some ice cream. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Wearing a yellow safety vest, rainbow wig, carrying a gun. Just want some ice cream. Not what he got, in addition to the ice cream, is a whole bunch of attention. Uh, workers called police who arrived a minute later and placed the man into custody. The suspect claimed he was undercover and was working to restore Donald Trump to President King of the United States. To President King of the United States. <laughs> the unidentified suspect, police surmise, needed a lot more than just ice cream. He needs something else. Some serious help. Uh, police searched uh, the man's car, uh, found two more loaded handguns and ammunition. He faces now several felony charges. Thank goodness. Everything was okay on that. Wow. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning... You know the story is going to be good when the headline reads, Man tries selling stolen TVs outside the store he stole them from. <laughs> so here's the story. Knoxville, Tennessee. A man stole a bunch of televisions from a local Walmart. Somehow managed to sneak them outside without getting caught, which I think is just amazing because it seems like every time uh, anybody... Uh, tries, you know, swiping a pack of gum at Walmart. They're they're right there. I mean, they're famous for uh, their security being very very tight. But somehow, this man managed to sneak a bunch of TVs out the door without getting caught. But instead of making off with his treasure trove of electronics, he decided to try to cash in on his stolen goods right there in the Walmart parking lot. But. <laughs> Police found Donald Kirkland outside the Walmart with the stolen TVs trying to sell them to other folks there in the parking lot. The suspect, when police arrived, tried running away, but uh, officers were faster. He was arrested. Police found out he not only stole televisions, he also swiped a karaoke machine 
and uh, assorted camping equipment to try and sell that in the parking lot as well. A Walmart employee told police they saw Mr. Kirkland loading a television into his cart, so he was charged with theft of merchandise. <laughs> right, sell it right there in the parking lot. They'll never suspect a thing. There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You ever uh, look at these uh, viral internet celebrities and the content that they're creating and think, well, I could do that. Anybody can do that. Well, apparently, many of us believe that we ourselves are just a few clicks away from internet fame. That is the takeaway from a new survey commissioned by YouTube poll of 2,000 Americans finds that 41% of adults believe that they have what it takes to get into the content creation game. Uh, 3 in 10 in the poll say that they have already gone viral with something that they have posted online. Kind of interesting. Nearly half of those in the survey are confident they could make a good living creating online content as a career. So if you see your mom setting up her light ring and green screen, don't be surprised. Uh, 39% of those in the survey say that they want to start being online creators for the money. If they were to get into this, it would be to make money. Uh, 37% or I'm sorry, 39% say that they uh, would start being online creators to make money. Another 39% said that, It's not about the money. It's about sharing their passions with the world. Okay. And 37% say that they would like to trade their life now for online glory in order to be their own boss. So again, leave the rat race behind and sort of work on our own schedule and and so on. And it seems like a pretty good way to make a living. Um, More than half in the survey say that they believe creating content online should be treated as a real job. Um, And 58% say making videos and other shareable content is just as important as other jobs. I don't know about important, but uh, I guess at least viable. 58% is viable. And 56%, on the other hand, say that this should be just considered a hobby. I thought it was kind of interesting, especially that part about whether or not content creation uh, is a real job. Because I remember, I I, I still think the jury is out on this, because I remember back in the early days of the internet when online stock trading became a thing, and you had a lot of people quitting their jobs to become day traders. 
And it turned out that wasn't necessarily a good career choice. So even though a lot of people got into it in the in the beginning, there are still a few people who make their living that way. But most people uh, found out that it didn't really work. I just wonder if that's, you know, what content creation is going to be like. It seems, you know, like a hot thing now, but will it last? I guess we'll see. Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight. Once again, speaking with Angela Dabosky from the United Way of Hancock County. And we've been over the past uh, several months when we've had you in here uh, sharing uh, some personal stories of individuals who were directly touched by the United Way. Because a lot of times people ask, you know, you know what are the ways in which you actually... Uh, help individuals' lives. You know, what are some examples where you uh, actually personally help people? And this is a, a really uh, uh, tough story uh, about a, a woman who was in an abusive situation who found a way out. It really uh, talks about, speaks to your collaboration with the faith community. It does. And so we really try to make partnerships around the community to be able to share the resources that are available for people in need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so recently, a pastor shared a story about Michelle. And Michelle had come into church in an abusive relationship. And so she, it's often very difficult to be able to share your story with people to sure. seek and get help. Oh, yeah. So because he knew of the resources through United Way programs, he was able to point her towards a partner agency called Open Arms to get some uh, a safe place to land, some support, some um, counseling, all that she needed to kind of get on the road to recovery. But I think one of the unique things about the story as he was telling it to me was that her abuser was also getting help and support at the same time. So he went through programs for anger management and counseling too. Mm. So at the end of the story, he was sharing that the family has been reunified wow. in a healthier position on mm. a better path in life as yeah. a result of United Way programs of Open Arms doing a great job of the faith community being tied in to know what the resources and somebody willing to say, I want to get on a better path in life. Can you help me? Yeah. And that's really what United Way programs try to do is help people get on that better path. Um, in all the programs that we support, one in four people in Hancock County access some kind of programs, whether it's food related, whether it's um, uh, support for children, whether it's safety related, whether it's recovery related, um, one in four people in Hancock County on an annual basis. Yeah. That's that's a lot of paths that are in a different place today. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, sadly, that's not necessarily a unique uh, situation. And again, that's why the United Way is here to help make sure that these resources are available for those who need them uh, in the community. Yeah. And as we kick off campaign season, we just ask that you remember some of the stories we've been sharing and you were, you remember Michelle's story. Um, you know, family's on a better path. And we certainly wish uh, her family uh, all the luck in the world. Um, and that is a uh, tough, tough road back, but uh, it sounds like they uh, are, are making a go of it. So uh, terrific news there. You mentioned campaign kickoff. This is the week. This is the week. So on Thursday, we'll have a uh, kickball tournament with several of the corporations that run United Way campaigns. Kickball to kick off the campaign. You kind of see yeah. the correlation yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next week, we will have three days of Days of Caring, where people will be out 
doing community service and volunteerism as another way to get involved as well. Um, then a lot of uh, campaigns will be running at corporations over the course of the next six weeks. So over the next several weeks, you're going to get a lot of uh, information about different ways to contribute and why uh, your contribution to the United Way makes a big difference. Yeah. United Way does a really great job of looking across the needs of our community and helping to take care of them. And so we have a lot of folks that will join us in that. But it really does take the entire community to build into United Way to the programs that we support locally. By the way, speaking of uh, taking uh, the community to make it all work, uh, to make the campaign work, it would not be possible without a tremendous number of volunteers. Uh, Yes. And so this year we are on slate to have more than 12,000 volunteer hours given through United Way programs alone. So I am super proud of just the ability to match people up with mm-hmm. things that are of importance to them. Yeah, and uh, kudos to all of the people who uh, serve on the committees, uh, who make the campaign happen, who go out into the various businesses to make those presentations, make the pitch, and, and all of that. Yeah, we've got a lot of great influencers in our community willing to step in that gap. And in the meantime, if folks want more information about the work that the United Way of Hancock County does, you can get all of that in information online too. Right? Yep, you can go to uwhancock.org and find more. Again, Angela Dabosky, CEO of the United Way of Hancock County with us this morning. Angela, thanks very much. Thank you. The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement paid for by the featured sponsor. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, we've got more information about all of the topics we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, September is Baby Safety Month. Is your home properly child-proofed? We have some places to look and some steps to take. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.